Hey, morning, everybody. We're going to get uh, started in about five minutes. So if you are attending the live webinar here um, and you're from New York and you want to uh, get credit for taking this live webinar for New York CE, uh, I'm going to ask you to turn on your camera and um, identify yourself with your name and um, your license number um, and then uh, we can get going because the state requires you to identify yourself and take role. So that's what we're going to do for only the New York folks. So if you're from New York, I'm going to ask you to, um, to identify yourself. We also have another way to identify yourself and, uh, that's through the online course system. So you upload a photo, you identify yourself, you upload an ID and, uh, we have somebody to compare those, that information so you can get CE. And um, logging into the online course, it, the, all this is free and you can download your certificate of completion from there. So let's see, who is uh, from New York? There's a little chat box at the bottom uh, of your screen so you could chat to me and identify uh, if you want CE and you're from New York. And there's also, um, there should be a little video button. If there isn't, um, I could help you with that. So why don't you chat and tell me who, uh, who wants CE from New York. That'd be fantastic. All right. Mitchell, Mr. Garcia, Mr. Graham, Mr. Myers, Cool. So if some of you are just joining in, um, New York requires you to identify yourself during the class. So that means you got to turn your camera on and say hello, say your name and your license number. That'd be fantastic. And uh, there's a little video button at the bottom and um, like a camera, a symbol and a, and a microphone to the left of it, I think if I recall correctly, so you can unmute yourself. Um, and so we have Mitchell, Aldolfo, John, and Doug. Is that correct? That's it. Yes. All right. Yes. Nice. So start in like a minute or two, allow other people to join in. And I want to make sure everyone gets a chance to say hello and, uh, check out the system and make sure everybody can hear everybody. And again, if you're from New York and you want CE for taking the live webinar, um, New York requires me to 
ask you to identify yourself. So we've got a couple of ways. Um, this is the easiest way by uh, turning on your webcam, saying your name, saying your license number, and then um, you don't have to, you can turn off your webcam after that and just listen in. There's another way too. Once you log into the course to download your certificate of completion, um, you can upload a picture to your profile and identify yourself in a, a couple ways online too. So um, I'm asking people who are uh, coming online to um, tell me if you're from New York and you want CE and I'll make you uh, available to um, say hello to us with your video camera. All right, why don't we just start then. Uh, Mitchell, you wanna say hello, your name and your license number? I just had to unmute. Uh, Mitchell yeah. Goldstein, um, New York State, license number 16000013026. That is a long license number. Yes. <laughs> Thanks. Appreciate it. Adolfo, am I pronouncing your name correctly? I apologize. Uh, Adolfo, yeah. Adolfo. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking for my license number. I don't have it memorized. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. Take your time. John? John Graham, Mr. Graham. Sure, hi. Uh, John Graham, New York, uh, license number 16000005054. right. And Mr. Myers, Doug, can you, uh, you want to turn on? Uh, you're from New York, Doug? It's okay if you don't want to talk. <laughs> I can't give credit. Um, that's the, that was my, uh, with, um, with my contact at the Division of Licensing. So if you're from New York and you want credit, um, just tell me uh, in a chat box. Steven? Steven's here? Just tell me in a chat box and I'll promote you to uh, a special kind of uh, attendee of the webinar so you can turn on your webcam. And we're asking people from New York, New York only, to identify themselves by their name and their license number. Um, so hey, Ben, can, can you Basically. hear me? Yep, I can, I can hear you. And uh, if you can turn on your video camera, that'd be great. Uh, <laughs> sorry, let me figure that out. Sorry. If it doesn't work, that's okay. Adolfo, do you have your license number? I do. It's 16000093605. Great, thank you. Thank you. And let's see, do we ask John? John Graham, uh, Stephen, there you are. You want yeah. to identify yourself and your license number? Yeah, um, uh, my license number is 16000074490. Great. And let's see, anyone else uh, coming online? I see a couple more people like Tom, Tom, uh, and everyone from New York only, if you want CE. Um, the New York Division of Licensing asked me to turn on your webcam and um, allow you to talk and say your name, identify yourself with your name and your license number so you can get CE. Um, everybody from New York, if you want to chat with me, um, there's a little chat box and say, I'm from New York and I want CE and I can turn on your webcam or the feature that turns on your webcam. Doug Myers, that's okay. You don't, have, you don't have the ability to identify yourself this way. Um, we could do it the other way, which is uh, you're gonna log into the course to download your certificate of completion. And when you do that, upload a picture of yourself 
and there's a couple other clicks you got to do in order to uh, identify yourself. So no problem. Uh, this is just easier uh, for the state. That's no problem, Doug. I, I understand. No big deal. Uh, anybody else, Tom, do you want to identify yourself? And anybody else, uh, just chat right now. Let's try to do this within the next few minutes. We don't want to take all morning trying to identify ourselves. So people from New York only who want CE, um, the Division of Licensing asked me to turn on your camera so you can identify yourself by name and your license number. Um, and if you can't do that, that's okay. We have another way to doing it. Hey, this is Tom. Hey, Tom. Thomas G. Velosen and license number 16000005194. Thanks, Tom. And do I got do I have time to hit the head? Yeah, yeah, sure. All right, be right back. Okay. And the rest of you, you can turn your cameras off if you want to or, or look at each other. It doesn't matter now, now that you've done the video thing. Um, and you can make sure your uh, microphones are on mute as well. Um, so uh, I had a student who carried the, his laptop into the bathroom. Uh, so you want to make sure your microphone is off, your video is off uh, after you identify yourself. So again, um, Division of Licensing in New York asked me to ask you to identify yourself by video uh, and audio and uh, license number. So if you are from New York and you want CE, only folks from New York who want CE, um, please chat. Uh, tell me that you're from New York and you want CE and I'll turn on your camera feature so you can um, turn on your microphone and identify yourself. Um, let's see, Jim, hold on Jim. No problem, Jim. I understand difficulty getting in. Sorry about that. But Jim, if you uh, can turn on your microphone, uh, camera would be great. So I visually identify you, CE for New York only. Uh, folks who want CE from New York, just turn on your camera and microphone, say your name and your license number, and the state likes that to identify you. There you are, Jim. Uh, hey, uh, my license number is one six zero 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 one 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 four four nine all right thanks jim now you can just turn off your camera and audio if you want to no big deal james james we got some gyms here so james and then mr powell so james Kodorak. And James Powell, uh, if you can turn on your video camera, that'd be great, or audio, a uh, little microphone button and identify yourself by name and New York license number so you can get CE from New York. Um, and if you can't, if you have travels, we, we have another way of doing it too, online. Did you ask me, Ben? This is James yeah. Powell. Hey, yeah. James. I'm doing good. My, my yeah. ID number is uh, the one six four zeros. Eight two nine seven eight. I appreciate that. Sorry for doing this, but um, division no, no licensing likes to likes me to identify the students. Um, Mr. Powell, James Powell, are you able to? Did we do that? That was, that was me. Oh, James. Sorry, James Kodorak. I apologize yeah. if I'm not pronouncing that correctly. I'm Go trying ahead. to get this on. Oh, okay. <laughs> Can you hear me? 
Yeah, we can hear you. Okay, so my license number in New York is 16 four zeros, eight, 36, 24. Great. Uh, now you can turn off your camera and your, and your microphones if you want to, if you've identified yourself and you're trying to get New York CE. Anybody else? We're going to wrap this up because I don't want to take too much time. Oh, Mr. Patterson, Ron Patterson. So just like Mr. Patterson, um, if you're from New York and you want CE, just uh, chat me that you're from New York and you want CE, and I'm gonna give you the feature to turn on your camera and microphone and what New York Division of Licensing wants you to do is say hello, your name and your license number. Oh, Mr. Patterson, you're not from New York. No, no big deal, no big deal. Yeah, this is for New York people only, for folks who want to uh, add CE credits to their New York licensing renewal process. And we're gonna allow you to get online and download a certificate of completion to prove that uh, you completed yeah. the course. So I wasn't so and if you're um, done using your microphone, you can mute your phone go away. and uh, turn off your microphone. At some point, like, this is like some microphone is on. Mr. Patterson, Kodorak, James, Tom, somebody. So I'm gonna, let's see, I'm gonna close the webinar. So anybody from New York, if you want to get CE, um, make sure you text me, chat me right now, and I'm gonna close the webinar and we can continue with the course so everybody can get going here. All right. Okay. I think that's it. So let me uh, handle a few things on my end over here and then we'll get going. We'll get going with the course in just a second here. Just want to make sure I got all my settings right and we're recording because I'm going to give you all a recording of the video. Uh, as well. Okay, <clears throat> I see one more person or two more people just attended. So um, if you are from New York and you want CE, be sure to chat me right now because it's at the 10 minute mark. I'm supposed to be done with student enrollment. Uh, chat me right now and tell me that you're from New York and you want CE and I'll open up your video camera so you can, uh, and your microphone so you can identify yourself to get CE. That's a requirement from New York Division of Licensing. Otherwise, we're gonna close the webinar and get going. Everybody good? Anybody else who needs CE? Yeah, anybody else who needs CE? Okay, cool. So um, let's go on here. I'm gonna share my screen. Up, uh, Mr. Moraski. Let's see. Hold on. I got gotcha. you. Mm. Ron. No problem, Ron. No big deal. So, Ron, if you could um, turn on your microphone and say hello, turn on your videos, uh, that'd be great. 
and identify yourself for New York Division of Licensing. Say your name and license number if you have it. Uh, Ronald Moraski, New York, license number NY00016899. You memorized that, didn't you? I tried. <laughs> Excellent. Thanks, Ron. Now, now everybody can turn off their microphones and turn off their cameras um, and just uh, sit back, grab some coffee. And uh, I'll watch to see that you're attending. So I, I have some ways to uh, monitor that. And if you need to ask a question, feel free. Use that chat bar. I'm going to try to look down and look at the questions during the live webinar training. I'm not sure how long we're going to go. Uh, it all depends on uh, a couple factors like uh, uh, participation and uh, my speed and how much coffee, coffee I've had this morning. Um, and so we're going to try to keep this um, light, but it is a serious issue. And hopefully you all can see, if one or two of you can see, uh, chat me, uh, yes. Can you see me waving my hand and can you see the, the text to the side of me? just to make sure everyone sees my slides. Okay, thanks, I appreciate it, thank you very much. Okay, so this is the first page of the course. Um, and I'm gonna go through the course. It's basically um, our training course content. So I'm gonna go through my slides essentially. And maybe some of you have gone through the course or not. Um, we update it, update it almost uh, every day, um, looking at different resources so we can update the content. So you may have taken it before, and I think a few things have changed by now. It's free and online to open, open to everybody, um, even uh, members and non-members alike, even home inspectors, contractors, real estate agents, uh, and anybody who completes the online portion, there's a link to download the logo if you wanted to use the logo and a couple other resources. And uh, if you're not a member, you can click a, a free, uh, click the link to get a free guest account. So this is the first page of the, of the online COVID-19 safety guidelines course for home inspectors and contractors. Um, we thought it was important for contractors to take this course as well. Um, a lot of inspectors are becoming contractors and Internachi has training resources to help you prepare to take the uh, ICC state exam if you are interested in becoming a plumber or electrician or a contractor of some kind. Um, so we wanted to make sure that this course, which was primarily designed for home inspectors, can apply to just about everybody. And it was developed last month by InterNACHI, and we'll do our best to keep the course content updated with information from the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention and other government agencies as relevant information about the coronavirus pandemic comes available. And you've got through the online course, um, you won't be able to do it from where you are right now, but um, when you log into the course, you'll be able to click links for additional resources that are highly valuable. And the following resources are available, um, are used for updating this course. Um, the Center for Disease Control, the CDC, World Health Organization, the Government of Canada, and the Internationally Certified Home Inspectors themselves. Um, we get a lot of feedback from our members. And we have, uh, what is it, over 24,000 members across the United States, and that's really good really good feedback. So feel free to give us back some information um, if it's lacking anywhere or you find a link that doesn't work. I, I, we really appreciate that. Again, this course is primarily designed by InterNACHI, world's largest organization of home inspectors, to train its membership. But the training is applicable for home inspectors, 
contractors for sure, real estate agents, they should know what's going on, home buyers and sellers, and the general public. It's got some good information in there. And this online course is provided by internachi.edu. Uh, this logo here behind me. We're accredited by the US Department of Education and we're a member college of the National Association of Career Colleges of Canada. We're the only home inspector college accredited by the USDE and Canada. Many countries, states and provinces and local governments has, have responded to this pandemic by restricting many businesses from operating. According to the Internachi Code of Ethics, the Internachi members shall comply with all government rules requirements of the jurisdiction where he or she conducts business. So if we find that, uh, well, uh, we trust that you're gonna obey the rules and laws. We don't want anybody breaking the rules and laws just because you took a, a free online COVID course from Internachi. Um, and there's a link to all the state, um, state health departments for the United States. And we also have the territories and other links to other information if you're looking for your own health department. Before you take the online course final exam, there is a final exam. Uh, I think it's only 20 questions. A page of information with the course may be updated. If that happens, you gotta check out the course. So this live video of a webinar is based upon the course itself. But if I, the, this afternoon, hook up with my education team and we update a page, you're gonna actually have to look up that page of information before you take the final exam. Certificate of completion, you must visit every page, click, 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 because you've already taken the live webinar. You gotta do the quizzes, we're actually gonna do it together. Uh, there's only one quiz at the end of the course. And um, there's two writing assignments. You gotta do some writing assignments and don't freak out, it's very easy. It's, it's what home inspectors do all day. So we're gonna ask you to um, take a picture of something May, do an inspection of anything. So if you're in your living room right now, um, taking the course or looking at the live video, you can take a picture of a, a window, right? And talk about the, I don't know, the sash online. So you have to write 40 words about what you inspected. So take a picture of the window, upload that picture to the form, post it. Um, it's not public, it's confidential. Um, and we ask you to do that in order to uh, complete the um, assignment takes maybe 15 minutes. Some of you, if you're new, right, this is a, a big thing to do what home inspectors do all the time, which is to inspect something, make observations, take a picture of it, and then communicate that by uploading a picture to some kind of software. Uh, it's the assignment system of the course. Um, upload that picture uh, and write 40 words, minimum of 40 words about it. Um, the information contained in this course is intended to advise and guide the inspector and contractor. It's not a standard. It's not a state regulation, it's not a federal regulation. It contains basically recommendations that are advisory in nature, informational content. And it's intended to assist everyone so that they can work in a safe and healthy workplace and environment. So we encourage employers to provide their employees a workplace free from recognized hazards and a set of guidelines to keep them safe and healthy. There's a certificate and logo um, I have it on one of my cloth face coverings. Um, we're developing um, better coverings and next week we'll have them available. You can use a logo on your business card, on your website, on your phone or something like that if you'd like. For InterNACHI members to download that certificate, of oh, for everybody, I need to make that correction. 
You can download the certificate. Uh, you don't have to be a member of InterNet after passing the exam. But if you're a member and you want it in your transcript and in your CE records and download it into your, uh, there's other features that InterNet members have. Um, you can do that. So the logo is available for everybody. And if you need a new logo design, if you don't like uh, the look and style of that logo, you can redesign it. And then we have a member marketing team to design that. And you can email Jessica, Jessica's director of marketing. If you've got ideas about using this COVID logo for your business in a more customized way, um, we have that service available for you. And all the design work is free, but you've got to be a member of InterNACHI. So there's a, a little video about how to progress through the course. If you don't know how to, it's very easy. You're, you're looking at me clicking this next page button. So you click all the way down, uh, click through all the pages or just jump to the final exam when you log into the course itself. And you have unlimited access. So as a guest member or a full member of InterNACHI, um, you can log into any course actually now, once you create a free guest account, um, you have unlimited InterNACHI's, uh, all of them, all online courses at that website, nachi.org slash education. And you can repeat a course at any time. If we update the COVID course, you can come back and get additional information. Um, if we have a new logo, you can download it from the course itself. You can pop in and pop out. You can take it on any device. Feel free to leave the online courses at any time. Uh, it should remember you uh, and it will pop you right back in where you left off if you're using the same device. And there's a bunch of learning opportunities, different kinds of ways that we um, provide uh, different types of learners. Um, I'm more visual, uh, less text. This course is highly text. I apologize for that. So we try to put in pictures in this video and you can get a, um, uh, a uh, education transcript if you wanted to, if you're a member of InterNACHI. So when you log in, we like to identify our students online as well. And there's a couple things you gotta do to identify yourself as a student online. If you wanted to download all the course material as a PDF and print it out and go along and make notes, you can do that as well. It's a different kind of learning. Um, and then that's available. You can just download the course PDF. If you're wondering why nothing's working, uh, maybe you need to update your browser and we have a link to help you identify what version uh, you're on and maybe an update is needed. If you wanted to join in a discussion with other inspectors, um, we have an online forum. It's a really big forum. Uh, a lot of crazy stuff can go on an online forum that's moderated um, or sometimes not moderated well enough. Uh, we apologize for that. Uh, we like the freedom of people um, discussing things openly and not being too, uh, not being too hard on everybody. But um, there are um, moderators. There's a dozen of them and uh, we try to keep things uh, cordial and friendly as much as possible. But if you want to discuss some things, especially state specific things, we have those state specific threads, especially about being an essential business and uh, or not being declared an essential business. So we have resources for you. We also have videos, graphics, galleries, there's webinars, you're on one right now. We have an occupant release and hold harmless agreement. So if you're going to perform an inspection, whether, um, whether you have to wait for your state to allow you to perform an inspection or not, um, we have a release form that you may be interested in. You don't have to use it, but it essentially says 
to your client. Um, your client reads this agreement and signs it. And it says, after carefully considering the risks involved and in consideration of the inspection company's willingness to conduct the inspection, I, we hereby release and hold harmless you. You fill in the blank. It could be your inspection company, it could be your contracting company or something like that. And also the inspection company's clients, owners, officers, employees, contractors, agents, heirs, assigns, et cetera. So it kind of protects everybody that you're working with in your inspection company. So when you go into the house, the occupant, the owner, the, your client has already released you from anything that may happen afterwards. So we're always trying to protect our members legally. Uh, we wrote a letter to the governor of Pennsylvania. We're still working with the, the states all over the country. Um, we're doing really well. Um, the staff is really on the front lines of this home inspection industry, along with the healthcare workers. I have friends and family who uh, just left this morning um, to work at the local hospital. Um, they're on the front lines, keeping us safe and healthy, but also staff is working for you as well. Um, there's almost 30 people working at staff, uh, full employed staff. Uh, we haven't laid anybody off uh, because they're needed to help our members, especially in states that um, are trying to open up and allow real estate transactions to take place. If you needed to talk, talk to your governor, we wrote a letter to the, the governor of Pennsylvania and we put it here so you can download it as a PDF or a word and tweak it yourself for your own purposes. All right, so let's begin. That was an introduction actually. Uh, let me take a look. Okay, uh, Ron asks, can you tell us the states that declare home inspections that are non-essential? Yeah, so we post updates, um, you know, we do our best. Things are changing all over the country, all over the world really fast for us, but it's usually on our what's new page. And sometimes our members are faster than staff. So I have staff assigned to certain states in the country and Canada, and we're closely monitoring them we're actually directly in contact with many of them. We're talking to the governors and some mayors, um, but we may be slower than you. So um, we put information up on what's new, our what's new page, and we stick it in our newsletters, um, but you may wanna join the discussion online on our in, um, online forum, our discussion board, because um, sometimes I, we can't beat um, the person in that, uh, that local area who knows exactly what's going on. So every morning I have staff assigned to look at their departments and see if there's anything new coming up. But sometimes a state has different information than a local area. So I'm in Boulder County, for example. Boulder County is actually, um, for example, delaying how the county opens up. The state wants to open up sooner, the county is local and we have to abide by what the county wants. So it's kind of an interesting relationship between county, state, and fed. And um, that's a lot of information for us to handle and, and we do our best, but we do have a what's new page. This course was developed by Internetchi and its content was based upon the following resources. We went over some of them, but the Home Inspection Standards of Practice, obviously, New York, you got your own. Uh, safe practices for the home inspector. There's really good information about the safe practices course for the home inspector. Um, the interim guidance for business and employers by CDC. There's an updated interim guidance for 
airline and airline crew safety, which is an interesting, they, they want to protect themselves too. And the, the airline uh, folks are, are, have a really good um, group there. Uh, preventing spread of disease on commercial aircraft, uh, coronavirus disease, uh, the CDC website and the government website and uh, OSHA also has some really good information. If you need a link to the any state uh, health department, we have it here. Uh, USA.gov is a very good uh, resource. Um, they have information about the stimulant pay, payments, um, myths and rumors, and that's interesting too, in any state you want. And then we, also we have so many uh, members in Canada, almost 2,000 members in Canada, and we have every province there as well. Call your doctor if you've been exposed to COVID-19 and develop a fever and symptoms. And those symptoms have actually changed. They added more um, and we have them here, such as a cough or difficulty breathing. Um, if you have those, uh, if you think you have serious issues, uh, please feel free to call your healthcare provider and medical advice. And there's actually an online uh, system to check for symptoms and we'll go over that, the self-checker. Infection with SARS-CoV-2, and that's the virus that causes COVID-19 can cause illness ranging from mild to severe and some in some cases can be fatal, obviously. People with COVID-19 have a wide range of systems reported, uh, symptoms reported from mild to severe, and they may appear two to 14 days after exposure to the virus. And they include, and this has been updated, fever, cough, shortness of breath and difficulty breathing. And then they added the following, chills, repeated shaking with chills, muscle pain, headache, sore throat, new loss of taste or smell. And frankly, to be honest, I had a headache a couple of days ago. My throat was a little dry. I have no idea because there's no testing. Uh, you don't, in my area, you don't get tested unless you are um, in the hospital. Some people infected with the virus have reported experiencing other non-respiratory non symptoms. Other people refer to as asymptomatic, that's a quiz question, have experienced no symptoms at all. So according to the CDC, symptoms of COVID-19 may appear in as few as two days or as long as 14 days after the exposure. Reported illnesses have ranged from mild to severe and death for confirmed coronavirus-19 cases. So visit the CDC website for um, updates on symptoms. They seem to be updating them. Uh, Harvard Health, was the first one to have uh, some evidence that a loss of smell known as insomnia uh, may be a symptom of COVID-19. So we have a video here. There's no audio in the video. So it's fever, cough, and shorten its breath. There is a self-checker and the CDC provides a self-checker. And what you can do is you can go down um, and let's see, um, you agree to some uh, information. Uh, Clara uh, helps you out. Uh, it's a robot really. And they ask you, where are you located? I'm in the United States. And then you can click where you're from. Uh, I'm from Colorado and you click submit. Uh, are you ill or caring for someone who is ill? 
This is the critical question. Well, um, no, I'm not. So I'm not gonna um, uh, burden the system right now. But if you are feeling ill and you wanna take a look at you know, how your system, how your symptoms are doing and how you're feeling with this self-checker, you could do it. Or you could refer people to do it. Maybe some people in your neighborhood. Um, and it tells me it sounds like I'm feeling okay. And if I wanted to um, use the system for those who are actually sick, I could. So the CDC has a little self-checker, which is kind of um, nice to know that you, there's some resources out there for folks who don't feel well and not sure what to do. You should really call your doctor if you're not feeling well. If you develop emergency signs for COVID-19, get medical attention immediately. And those emergency warning signs include trouble breathing, persistent pain or pressure in the chest, new confusion or inability to arouse, um, bluish lips or face, and it's not an all-inclusive list. Just consult your medical provider for any symptoms that are severe or concerning. How does it spread? We'll talk about how it spreads for a little bit and then we'll talk about the steps you can take to reduce your exposure. And then we're gonna talk about more like business operations, about how to protect yourself, others, and how to operate your business, especially when you have employees. COVID-19 is a new disease, obviously, and we're learning about it, how it spreads and the severity of the illnesses it causes. People who are infected have symptoms of illness. Some people without symptoms are able to spread the virus. Although the first human cases of COVID-19 likely resulted from exposure to infected animals, infected people can spread the SARS-CoV-2 to other people. The virus is thought to spread mainly from person to person. There was a, a study about two cats who uh, were sick. Um, so we'll leave it at that. Recent studies indicate that people who are infected but don't have symptoms likely also play a role in the spread of COVID-19. There is currently no vaccine to prevent the coronavirus disease, but you can take steps to protect yourself and others during a, an outbreak. And the best way to prevent illness is simply to avoid being exposed to the virus. And the virus is thought to spread mainly from person to person, including between people who are in close contact with one another, about six feet, two meters, and now they're saying six feet, two meters for 10 minutes. Through respiratory droplets produced when an infected person coughs, sneezes, or talks. So they added talk now. So it wasn't, it was just coughing and sneezing and now uh, talking. There's been a study. These droplets can land in the mouths or noses of people who are nearby or possibly inhaled into the lungs. Some recent studies suggest that COVID-19 may be spread by people who are not showing symptoms, maintaining good social distance or physical distancing about six feet, two meters is very important in the spread in preventing the spread of COVID-19. Contacting surfaces and objects that are contaminated. It may be possible that a person can get COVID-19 by touching a surface or object that has the virus on it and then touching their own mouth, nose, or possibly eyes. Um, this is not thought to be the main way the virus spreads, and we're still learning about this. But the CDC recommends people practice frequent hand hygiene, washing your hands, sanitizing them, which is either washing or, with soap or water or using an alcohol-based hand rub. 
And the CDC also recommends routine cleaning of frequently touched surfaces. It may be possible that a person can get COVID-19 by touching a surface or object that has SARS-CoV-2 on it and then touching their own mouth, nose, possibly their eyes, but this is not thought to be the primary way the virus spreads. People are thought to be contagious when they are most symptomatic, um, like they're experiencing a fever or a cough or shortness of breath, but some spread might be possible before people show symptoms and more studies and more evidence is coming out about that. There have been reports of this type of asymptomatic transmission with the new coronavirus, but it may not be thought to be the main way the virus spreads. So more information about that is needed. Many countries have implemented public health measures to limit the spread of the virus, and it's likely that some person-to-person -person transmission will continue to occur. Can someone spread the virus without being sick? Yes. People are thought to be the most contagious when they are symptomatic, the sickest, but spread may be possible before people show symptoms. There have been a lot of reports of this occurring with the new coronavirus. How easily the virus spreads. It easily spreads from person to person, but it can vary. Some viruses are highly contagious. That means it spreads easily, like measles, while other viruses don't spread easily. And another factor is whether the spread is sustained or spreading continually without stopping. The virus that causes COVID-19, and the 19 uh, doesn't, it means 2019, doesn't mean that it's the 19th virus. So the virus that causes COVID-19 seems to be spreading easily and sustainably in the community, and this is called community spread in some affected geographical areas. Community spread means, and this is a quick quiz question, means that people have been infected with the virus in an area, including some who are not sure or how or where they became infected. But the virus has nowhere to go if people keep a safe distance from each other. Nowhere to go. So maintaining good social or physical distance, six feet two meters is very important in preventing the spread of COVID-19. And this is really important for home inspectors too. We'll get to that later. And there's a link to the CDC about how it's transmitted. So what's the difference between social distancing, quarantine, and isolation? Keep your distance to slow the spread. Limiting face-to-face -face contact with others is the best way to reduce the spread of coronavirus disease 2019, COVID-19. So social distancing, what is it? It's also called physical distancing which means keeping space between yourself and other people outside of your home. To practice social or physical distancing, stay away at least six feet or two meters from other people. Don't gather in groups and stay out of crowded places and avoiding mass gatherings. In addition to everyday steps to prevent COVID-19, keeping space between you and others is one of the best tools we have to avoid being exposed to the virus and slowing its spread locally and across the country and across the world. When COVID-19 is spreading in your area, everyone should limit close contact with individuals outside your household in indoor and outdoor spaces. Since people can spread the virus before they know they are sick, it's important to stay away from others when possible, even if you don't have symptoms. Social distancing is especially important for people who are at higher risk of getting very sick, like our older folks. So why practice physical distancing? 
where COVID-19 spreads mainly among people who are in close contact for a prolonged period. That's at least 10 minutes, they're saying. Spread happens when an infected person coughs, sneezes, or even just talks, and droplets from their mouth or nose are launched into the air and land in the mouths or noses of people nearby. So you've got a few holes in your, in your head, two eyes, two noses, <laughs> and one mouth. The droplets can be inhaled into the lungs, and recent studies indicate that people who are infected but don't have symptoms likely play a role in the spread of COVID-19. It may be possible that a, co a person can get COVID-19 by touching a surface or object that has the virus on it when touching their own mouth, nose, and eyes. However, it's not thought to be the main way the virus spreads. Um, in fact, when I get deli um, deliveries, groceries or something, we wash everything on the groceries. We spray them and wash them. And when we get an Amazon package delivered, we kind of wipe it all down, the contents, and then wash our hands. But uh, it's not thought of as the main way the virus spreads. COVID-19 can live for hours or even days on a surface depending on factors such as sunlight and humidity and social distancing helps limit contact with infected people and contaminated surfaces. Although the risks of severe illnesses may be different for everyone, anyone can get and spread COVID-19. This virus doesn't discriminate. Everyone has a role to play in slowing the spread and protecting themselves, their family, and their neighborhoods. So here's some tips for physical distancing. Follow the guidance of the authorities where you live. Like I said in my example, Boulder County, I'm in Boulder County, they have their own guidelines that are a bit more restrictor than the state guidelines, which are more restrictor than the federal guidelines. If you need to shop or for food or medicine at the grocery store or pharmacy, stay at least six feet away from others. Use delivery for medications. Uh, consider a grocery store delivery service and cover your mouth and nose with a cloth face cover when around others. And we'll talk more about the home inspector's uh, cover. Stay at least six feet between you and others when you wear a face covering, even if you wear a face covering, and avoid, avoid large and small gatherings in private spaces and public spaces, such as a friend's house, parks, restaurants, shops, or any other place. This advice applies to people of any age, including teens and younger adults. So children should not have in-person play dates while school is out. To help maintain social connections while social distancing, learn some tips to keep children healthy while school is out. Work from home when possible, and if possible, avoid using any kind of public transportation, ride sharing or taxis or Uber. If you are a student or parent, talk to your school about options for distancing learning and stay connected while staying away. It's very important to stay in touch with friends and family that don't live in your home. You can call, video chat, stay connected using social media. Everyone reacts differently to stressful situations. So get some tips on uh, reducing stress and coping with the situation. So what's the difference between quarantine and isolation? Quarantine is used to keep someone who might have been exposed to COVID-19 away from others. Someone in self-quarantine stays separated from others and they limit movement outside of their home or current place. A person may have been exposed to the virus without knowing it, for example, when traveling out in the community. 
or they could have the virus without even feeling symptoms. So quarantine helps limit the further spread of COVID-19. Isolation is used to separate already sick people from healthy people. So you isolate the sick from the healthy. People, are, people who are in isolation should stay home. In the home, anyone sick should separate themselves from others by staying in a specific sick bedroom or space uh, using a different bathroom if possible. Next are the steps we can take to reduce the risk of exposure to SARS-CoV-2. This section of the course describes basic steps that every business can take to reduce the risk of an inspector's exposure to SARS-CoV-2, that's the virus that causes COVID-19, in their workplace and houses being inspected. Later sections of this course, including those focusing on job classifies, classifications, um, which have four, there's low, medium, high, and very high um, exposures, uh, risk exposures, provide specific recommendations for businesses and inspectors within specific risk categories and home inspectors are considered low risk. Home inspectors can be considered a low risk category. Medium exposure risk jobs include those that require frequent and or close contact with uh, within six feet, two meters of other people who may be infected with SARS-CoV-2. Home inspectors are not considered, not, um, home inspectors are not required to be in frequent and or in close contact with other people who may be infected. A home inspector can perform a home inspection alone. It's possible conduct, to conduct home inspections and operate a home inspection business without being anyone, uh, near anyone. So the recommendation is to inspect and work alone. Home inspectors can and should work alone. Communicate your inspection observations from a distance, just like this picture illustrates. Home inspectors are able to do their work without being in close contact with anyone. Here's some basic steps. Home inspectors can take to help avoid getting ill from performing home inspections. And the best way to prevent illness is to avoid being exposed to the virus. So work alone. The best way to protect yourself, your clients, and everyone in your community is to work alone. Home inspectors can work alone. Home inspectors do not require contact with other people. Performing a home inspection does not require anyone working with or near the home inspector. Avoid being exposed. The virus is thought to spread mainly from person to person between people who are in close contact with one another, about six feet, two meters, through and through respiratory droplets produced when an infected person coughs, sneezes, or talks. These droplets can land in the mouths or noses of people who are nearby and possibly inhaled into the lungs. Ideally, a home inspection would be performed at an unoccupied or vacant house. Usually home inspectors are doing their work along with their clients, real estate agents, and occupants. Record the home inspection. There are many home inspectors who will video record the inspection for absent clients. Their clients can then play the inspection video from the comfort and safety of their own homes. Use live video chat or FaceTime during the inspection. Home inspectors can use live video chat or FaceTime with their absent clients during the inspection. Facebook Messenger, iPhone FaceTime, and Google Duo are options. 
home inspectors are, are using Zoom meetings to meet with their clients to discuss the results of the home inspection. And a home inspector may use Zoom to share their computer screen to read over the inspection report, the inspection images, and video with their client in real time, face-to-face -face meeting. Also, if you wanted to video record your meeting and your inspection, um, that would be a, a good software to use. Simply calling somebody isn't really documenting what you say orally. Take steps to protect yourself. Wash your hands often. Wash your hands frequently using soap and water for at least 20 seconds, especially after you've been in a public space, after blowing your nose, after coughing or sneezing. If soap and water are not readily available, use hand sanitizer that contains at least 60% alcohol. Higher the better. Cover all surfaces of your hands and rub them together until, you, until they feel dry. Also, avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth with unwashed hands. We have a tip on how to do that. Uh, be sure to wash your hands before and after a home inspection. Avoid close contact with other people. Avoid close contact with people, especially who are sick. Remember that some people without symptoms may be able to spread the virus to you. Stay home as much as possible. Put a distance between yourself and other people if COVID-19 is spreading in your community. This is especially important for people who are at higher risk of getting sick, such as elderly and people with underlying health issues. Ask your clients if they're willing to consider not showing up to the inspection. That's a great idea. Keep your distance. Physical distancing, social distancing means remaining out of congregated settings, avoid gatherings and maintaining distance six feet, two meters from other people when possible. Use a cloth face cover. This has been updated as well. You can order an InterNACHI COVID-19 face cover. Uh, there's a link here. Um, we're gonna have them, hundreds of them uh, available. Um, they're not free, they cost a little bit, but we used our size of InterNACHI to reduce the cost as much as possible. And um, they're really good uh, materials and they comply with the CDC face cloth covering recommendations. And the CDC recommends wearing cloth face covers in public settings where other social distancing measures are difficult to maintain like grocery stores and pharmacies. Um, in my local area, face covers are recommended anywhere outside the home. So everywhere, on your sidewalk, in the park, everywhere, not just grocery stores. Home inspectors and contractors should wear a cloth face covering or a cloth face cover to be as safe and considerate as possible. Wear a covering whenever you're away from your house, walking, running, getting the mail, taking out the garbage, washing your work vehicle, and especially performing your home inspections, your, your work. Cover your mouth and nose with a cloth face cover. You could spread COVID-19 to others even if you don't feel sick. So wear a covering when you're not around, uh, even when you're not around others because a person or a child may unexpectedly appear in close proximity to you. Um, if you're doing an inspection of the exterior, you're at the electrical meter on the outside or the water faucet or something, and you're next to a, in my neighborhood, the sidewalk is less than 10 feet away. So I would wear a cloth covering anytime I'm doing an inspection, in or out.
And I'm always running in and out and running real quick to my truck because I forgot my flashlight or something. And you just don't want to bump into anybody. You want to be considerate to others. Everyone should wear a cloth face cover when they have to go out in public. For example, at the grocery store to pick up other necessities. Cloth face coverings should not be in place on young children under age two. Anyone who has trouble breathing already or is obviously unconscious or incapacitated or un, uh, unable to uh, remove the mask without assistance. The cloth face cover is meant to protect other people in case you're infected. It gives me a sense of, uh, a sense of security too though. Do not use a face mask meant for a healthcare worker. Just continue to keep about six feet between yourself and others. The cloth face cover is not a substitute for social or physical distancing. And there's a link to um, details from the CDC on how to make your own cloth face cover. If you don't have your cloth face covering, remember to always cover your mouth, nose, with a tissue when you cough or sneeze uh, or use the inside of your elbow. Uh, don't sneeze or cough down to the ground. Try to protect yourself and cover it up. Then throw used tissues away immediately in the trash. Don't leave them around. Don't stick them in your pocket. Immediately wash your hands afterwards with soap and water for at least 20 seconds. And if soap is not available, um, clean your hands with a hand sanitizer that's, that contains at least 60% alcohol. And some of those resources were not available and they're slowly becoming available um, through Amazon and other resources. Take steps to protect others. Obviously, if you're feeling sick, stay home, except when you need to get medical care and learn what to do if you're sick. CDC recommends that people who have symptoms of acute respiratory illness should self-quarantine, and we made the difference between quarantine and isolation earlier in the course, until you're fever-free, which is a temperature of 100.4, 37.8 Celsius, or greater using an oral thermometer, as well as those who exhibit signs of a fever or any other symptoms. So 100.4 is that critical temperature. Recommendations are changing almost daily, so be sure to check with national or local news sources or medical experts for self-quarantine recommendations and other tips to prevent the spread of the disease. Inspectors who work for a larger co company should notify their supervisor and stay home if they're feeling sick. And when you perform a home inspection, ask the homeowner or their agent to have their current occupants leave the home during the inspection process. There's no reason for anyone to be there. In fact, I like an unoccupied home when I'm inspecting. Wear a face mask if you're sick. If you're sick, uh, don't do any inspections until you're feeling well. You should wear a face mask when you're around other people sharing a room or a vehicle and before you enter a healthcare provider's office. This is when you're feeling sick. If you're not able to wear a face mask, for example, because it causes you trouble in breathing, then you should wear, do your best to cover your, your coughs and your sneezes in your mouth. In your mouth. Because um, people who are caring for you need to wear a face mask if they're entering a room. So just learn what to do when you're feeling sick. And if you're a home inspector and you're not feeling well, stay home. Clean and disinfect frequently touched surfaces every day. 
I personally do that. And this includes your inspection vehicle. Um, don't forget the steering wheel, the radio, the, the gear changer, transmission uh, shifter, um, the door handles. Um, those are frequently touch surfaces in my vehicle. My inspection tools and equipment, and that includes my iPhone because I use my iPhone for my software and taking pictures and video. And also wash your mask, your cover, or spray it. I spray it and then I also wash it. Home inspectors may consider advising homeowners to clean and disinfect tables, doorknobs, we touch a lot of doorknobs, inspectors, light switches, we touch them, countertops, not so much, handles, desks, phones, keyboards, toilets, we touch a lot of those toilets, faucets, and sinks, so careful. Finally, just stay up to date. Monitor your local news to find out if there are any school closures, uh, cancellations of public events, other actions that may affect your workday, as well as plans with your family. Minimize your attendance at large gatherings for now. Most importantly, don't panic. Keeping informed and taking basic precautions for health and hygiene are your best defenses against any illness, including COVID-19. And there's nowhere to go when the virus has a, a big distance between people. The virus has nowhere to go if people keep a safe distance from each other. Cloth face cover. We know from studies that a significant portion of individuals with coronavirus lack symptoms. They're asymptomatic. And that even those who eventually develop symptoms, pre-symptomatic, can transmit the virus to others before showing symptoms. This is difficult. That means anybody could have the virus, even you, and you don't even know it. So this means that the virus can spread between people interacting in close proximity. For example, speaking, coughing, or sneezing, even if those people are not exhibiting symptoms. In light of this new evidence, we recommend wearing cloth face covers in settings where other social distancing measures are difficult to maintain especially in areas of significant community-based transmission. There are home inspector cloth face covers developed by Internet, and you can order them. You can click the link. You don't have to. Um, you can make your own for free. But if you wanted to have a nice fancy one with the COVID safety guidelines on it, it says inspector adheres to Internet COVID safety guidelines. Um, we have that available but it's not a substitute for social or physical distancing. It's critical to emphasize that maintaining six feet social distancing or physical distancing remains important to slow the spread of the virus. And the CDC is additionally advising the use of simple cloth face covers to slow the spread of the virus and help people who may have the virus and don't know it from transmitting it to others. So cloth face coverings fashioned from household items or made at home from common materials at low cost can be used as additional voluntary public health measure. And that's me. The cloth face covering recommendations, aren't, these aren't surgical masks or N19 respirators. Those are critical for the frontline folks who, um, they must be reserved for the healthcare workers and other first responders. This recommendation to cover your mouth and your face, 
does not replace the president's coronavirus guidelines for America or 30 days to slow the spread, um, which remains the cornerstone of our national effort to slow the spread of the coronavirus. And the CDC will likely make additional recommendations as the evidence regarding appropriate public health measures continues to develop. How to wear a face covering? It should fit snugly, but comfortably against the side of the face. Be secured with ties or ear loops. Um, the ear loops don't work very well for me. I got weak ears. So around my head and around my neck is the best. They may include multiple fabric or layers of fabric and allow for breathing without restriction. So uh, I go for a bike ride every day and I wear my mask and it allows me to breathe still. And it should be able to be um, washed um, and dried without damage or change to the shape. So it has to, has to stand up to that. CDC recommends wearing cloth face coverings in public settings where other social distancing measures are difficult to maintain. CDC also advises the use of simple cloth face coverings to slow the spread of the virus and help people who may have the virus and do not know it from transmitting it to others. And again, these cloth face coverings are not the surgical masks or the N95 respirators that we're reserving for the folks on the front line. Should cloth face coverings be washed or otherwise cleaned regularly? Yeah, they should be routinely, wa routinely washed depending on the frequency of use. How does one safely sterilize or clean a face covering? A uh, washing machine should suffice in properly washing the face covering. How does one safely remove a used cloth face covering? Individuals should be careful not to touch their eyes, nose and mouth when removing their face covering and wash their hands immediately after removing. Let's talk about developing an infectious disease, disease preparedness and response plan, which is kind of odd, right? For a contracting company that has only one employee or a home inspection business that's only me, right? But if you are thinking about protecting others in any kind of emergency situation, actually, we need to start thinking about this as, as home inspectors and home inspector business operators. We need to think about having a plan in place. So let's talk about that. If one doesn't exist, think about developing an infectious disease preparedness and response plan that can help guide your company to do protective actions against any kind of virus and the COVID-19. Stay informed of guidance from federal, state, local, tribal, or territorial health agencies and consider how to incorporate those recommendations and resources into your specific work Plans. Plans should consider and address the level of risk associated with various types of work sites and job tasks that contractors and workers and inspectors perform at those sites. Such considerations may include where, how, and to what sources of SARS-CoV-2 might home inspectors be exposed to, including the general public, homeowners, occupants, Having someone in the home is not a good idea. Real estate agents, they always like to hang around the home inspectors, right? Neighbors, neighbors come over. Hey, what are you, what's going on? What's, what are you, please stay away. That's a, it's an area to think about how I might get exposed from a neighbor. Other inspectors, we all want to hang out at the chapter meetings or at the convention and coworkers. 
How do I protect myself? I like to work with another inspector on the big homes and the commercial buildings. So how do we do that? Well, sick individuals um, or those particularly, think you have to think about sick individuals or those particularly of high risk of infection. Um, so you have to think about those as well. You have to think about non-occupational risk factors like at home and community settings. Inspectors individual risk factors such as older age, presence of chronic medical conditions, including pregnancy and immunocompromising conditions. And think about controls necessary to address those risks. You wanna follow state, local, tribal, territorial recommendations regarding the development of contingency plans for situations that may arise as a result of an outbreak, such as increased rates of worker absenteeism. What do you do when you can't get your, your employees, your workers to answer the phone, schedule jobs and do home inspections? You have interrupted schedules, you have canceled appointments, you have to restrict access and movements or delays, the need for social distancing, staggered work shifts, maybe at the office, you don't have more than one employee at the office at one time. Maybe the morning is from the office and the afternoon is from home. Rescheduling or delaying inspection services. You gotta pick up a radon test you got to have to make sure that no one's in the house. Delivering services using video chat. Can you talk to your clients? Can you talk to your real estate agents from afar, from a distance? Remote communication technologies and other exposure reducing measures. You have to think about options for conducting essential operations with a reduced workforce. What if someone gets sick? What are you going to do? What if you have an inspection scheduled and you can't make it? including cross-training of employees across different jobs in order to continue home inspection operations. For example, if a home inspector gets sick, can another home inspector within the company take over their scheduled jobs or responsibilities? Can you subcontract out a home inspection job to a friendly competitor? If a lead trainer in the inspection company gets sick, can you move towards enrolling in online training, such as at internachi.edu? So plans should also consider and address other steps that employers can take to reduce the risk of exposure to SARS-CoV-2 in their workplaces and properties being inspected. And we're gonna talk about that in the next section of the course. Mitchell says that CDC recommends 70% alcohol-based hand sanitizer content. Yeah, the higher the better. I was fortunate, I for some reason had bottles of uh, isopropyl alcohol, uh, alcohol and we combined it with um, a, a few other things. So the higher the alcohol content, the better. And we had a, um, an office space and uh, internet headquarters. We have 30 employees, right? Not all of them work at the, at the office, about half, and we have hand sanitizers and other you know, safety equipment and first aid kits and all that stuff. So we had some materials. We were fortunate. We are still fortunate. Um, so uh, if that's not available, it's, that's kind of difficult for you. So 
soap. I, I hear that there's countries that um, lack soap, like um, countries in Africa. That's the problem. They can't even wash their hands with soap. So soap and um, alcohol. Thanks, Mitchell. Uh, prepare to implement basic infection prevention measures. So for most inspection businesses, protecting the home inspectors will depend on emphasizing basic infection prevention measures. So as appropriate, all home inspection businesses should implement good hygiene and infection control practices for their inspectors, employees. You know, I was thinking about this. You know, we, we go into crawl spaces all the time and we, my company didn't have a plan in place to protect our inspectors. We didn't even like recommend washing your hands or making sure that our inspectors wash their hands or wipe down their equipment because there's a lot of stuff in, you know, I used to inspect barns. There's a lot of stuff in a barn, right? There's manure in a barn. What am I doing to protect myself? Can't just assume that your employees or your coworkers are going to know what to do, right? We need a little bit of guidance, even if it's like this in this course where you hear the same information over and over again, um, it's good to have the basic hygiene plans in, in place and some control practices to protect everybody in your company. So the first one is wash your hands. Promote to your inspectors and your coworkers and everybody in your business to wash their hands all the time. Wash your hands. Utilize the various places to wash hands within the workplace, the office, or the house being inspected. If soap and running water are not immediately available, have alcohol-based hand rub that contains at least 60% alcohol, 70%, Mitchell says. Be careful when touching the sink handle. You may want to use a tissue to grasp the sink handle or use a soap dispenser, or to use the soap dispenser. Be aware of touching high-touch surfaces while inspecting your house, including door handles, frequently used components of a house such as a thermostat, wall switches, kitchen and bathroom fixtures, the toilet, garage door opener, windows, etc. Transmission of normal coronavirus to persons from surfaces contaminated with the virus has not been documented as of May, March 27th. I think there's some updates that are needed right there. Transmission of coronavirus occurs much more commonly through respiratory droplets, that's true, than through fomites. Current evidence suggests that novel coronavirus may remain viable for hours to days on surfaces made from a variety of materials. Wear disposable gloves during the inspection process. Throw the gloves away into a trash container immediately after the inspection and wash your hands immediately. If no gloves are worn, be sure to wash the hands. Stay at home. Encourage everyone to stay at home if they're sick. If you're a home inspector, contractor, just stay at home. A real estate agent, don't meet me at the property. And this includes all employees of a home inspection business, clients, homeowners, home sellers, occupants, renters, family members who desire to attend the inspection on a Saturday, the whole family wants to come, nope. Neighbors visiting the house being inspected, please stay away. Real estate agents, that's the seller's agent, buyer's agent, broker, and other representatives, and contractors. 
If a home inspector feels sick, cough, fever, difficulty breathing, and other symptoms, the inspector should stay home. Stay home if you feel sick or have symptoms. People who are mildly ill with COVID-19 are able to recover at home, apparently. Um, the new stat is 70, 80% of people can stay home, they feel sick and they can heal up at home. Don't leave except to get medical care. Seek medical care if you need it. If you think you have been exposed to COVID-19 and develop a fever and other symptoms, such as cough and difficulty breathing and chills and things, sore throat, call your healthcare provider for medical advice. Employees or inspectors who have symptoms of acute respiratory illness are recommended to stay at home and not come to work and do not perform home inspections until they are fever-free, 100.4 degrees Fahrenheit, 38 degrees Celsius, or create, I think that's correct, 38 degrees Celsius, or, or greater using an oral thermometer, um, free of fever and any other symptoms without the use of a fever reducing or other symptom altering uh, medications like cough suppressants. Employees and inspectors should notify their supervisor and stay home if they are sick. So if you're working remotely, I like to use Zoom with all my employees and I see them and I listen to them and I talk to them and then they can go about their day. Fortunately, we're all able to work uh, distributed, work from home and in different areas. There are some people who don't show symptoms Asymptomatic is a term used to describe an individual who does not currently show symptoms of the disease. Asymptomatic individuals may develop symptoms of the disease at a later point in time, pre-symptomatic, and when the disease onsets. Avoid close contact. Implement a community non-pharmaceutical intervention, NPI, such as social distancing or physical distancing. Create ways to increase the distance between people in settings where people commonly come in close contact with one another. Keep separated from your coworkers and other people. You don't know who is sick, has symptoms, or is asymptomatic or pre-symptomatic. Social distancing means remaining out of congregate settings, avoid mass gatherings, and maintaining social distance six feet, two meters from other people when possible don't shake hands. It's hard not to shake hands. At least initially it was. Don't shake hands with other people, including your client, their agent, or the home occupant. Don't feel bad about not shaking hands. You're not being disrespectful. You're actually opposite. You're respecting other people by not shaking their hands. You're trying to keep everyone healthy and safe. Advise employees and inspectors to check themselves for symptoms of acute respiratory illness or high temperatures. Ask them to take their temperature in the morning during a, a video conference before starting their workday and notify, they should notify their supervisor and stay home if they're not feeling well. They should use a thermometer or an infrared uh, camera. I've got mine somewhere and I've been doing that as well for my family members. Um, cover your cough. Encourage respiratory etiquette, including covering coughs and sneezes. Turn your head downward into your elbow, sneeze, sneeze and cough into your elbow, and don't sneeze into your hand. If you do, you have to wash up quickly. If you are sick, you should wear a face mask of covering. 
If you're not sick, CDC recommends wearing cloth face coverings in public settings where other physical distancing measures are difficult to maintain. It's critical, again, to emphasize maintaining six feet or two meters at minimum to slow the spread of the virus. If you're caring for someone who's sick, you should wear a mask. N95 masks may be in short supply and they really should be saved for the people on the front line, the caregivers. Dispose of used tissues. Don't put it in your pocket. Don't put it in your tool belt. And you have to provide people with access to tissues and trash receptacles. You have to think about people who work for you if you're running a business, a multi-inspector business. Bring tissues into your inspection vehicle. Home inspectors should have a trash container in their inspection vehicle. If you use a tissue during an inspection, throw it away in a trash bag or receptacle immediately. Employees should explore whether they can establish policies and practices such as flexible work schedules. For example, office managers working from home instead of the office and flexible inspection work hours. For example, staggered home inspections. To increase the physical distance among employees and between employees and others if state and local health authorities recommend the use of these kind of distancing measures. Inspect alone. Do not inspect a house with another inspector, if at all possible. If you have to schedule more than one inspector to inspect a house, drive separately and inspect separately. Travel in separate vehicles to and from the inspection site. Inspect separated, different floors, different systems, and not in the same room at the same time. The best inspection software provides for multiple inspectors writing the same inspection report at the same real time. Ask the homeowner and occupants to leave the home prior to the inspection. Ask the real estate agents to not enter the home while you're inspecting. Discourage inspectors from using other inspectors' phones, desks, offices, or inspection equipment and work tools when possible. Don't share devices or inspection tools. Avoid touching your face, eyes, nose, and mouth. If you're inspecting, try using the less dominant hand while inspecting. So for example, I'm right-handed. If you're right-handed, try using your left hand to do most of the inspection, which may include touching normal operating controls. You may be less apt to touch your face with your less dominant hand. And that is where the transmission may come. So I'm touching a lot of, let's, let's just assume contaminated surfaces, high touch surfaces, toilets and, and doorknobs and things. And in my right hand is my software. I'm clicking it with my thumb, right? Or maybe I'm losing the left hand, but this is my less dominant hand. And if I wanted to scratch my nose, I usually use my right hand, right? So um, what you wanna do is use your less, less dominant hand to do all the work because you probably won't touch yourself with that. That's just a tip. Maintain regular housekeeping practices including routine cleaning and disinfecting of surfaces, equipment, and other elements of the work environment. Home inspectors shouldn't be expected to clean houses, but a home inspector may wanna wipe down certain surfaces prior to inspecting or using them. For example, a wiped and clean kitchen counter may be a more safe place to use your inspection equipment. And when choosing cleaning chemicals, visit the EPA and follow the manufacturer's recommendations.
Here's some procedures for identifying and isolating sick people. Thomas says, when washing hands, don't neglect to thoroughly wash between the fingers, not just rubbing around the palms and back of the hands. Also wash at a minimum up and down around the wrists. Note that my wife is a registered nurse. Well, thank you to your wife for helping us. Um, and you're right. I think we have a washing hands video coming up um, and that'll help. It's silly, but um, we, we actually don't wash our hands very well. Uh, develop policies and procedures for prompt identification and isolation of sick people if appropriate. So prompt identification and isolation of potentially infectious individuals are critical steps in protecting inspectors, clients, occupants, homeowners, real estate agents, and others at the house being inspected. Home inspection businesses, business owners, should inform and encourage employees and inspectors to self-monitor for signs and symptoms of COVID-19 if they expect possible exposure. Business owners should develop policies and procedures for employees and inspectors to report when they are not feeling well, when they're feeling sick and, feeling experience, and experiencing symptoms of COVID-19. Where appropriate, employers should develop policies and procedures for immediately isolating people who have signs or symptoms of COVID-19 and train employees to implement them. Potentially infectious people should move to a location far from employees, inspectors, and clients, and homeowners, and occupants, and real estate professionals, and others. If a home, infect, a home inspector feels sick, they should go home. So if you're at a job and you're starting to feel not well, you need to understand your policies and procedures and follow them, right? Go home. Apologize and excuse yourself. Grab your computer, equipment, and tools. Leave the house immediately. Don't shake hands, go to your inspection vehicle and come call someone to notify them and ask for assistance or advice if needed. If a home inspector sus suspects someone of having a sickness or symptoms of COVID-19, feel free to protect yourself and leave the house being inspected. There's no reason for you to stay. Take steps to limit the spread of the respiratory secretions of a person who may have COVID-19. So if you're working with another inspector, for example, and they're not feeling well, you may want to offer the, the other person a face mask, if feasible and available, and then separate from each other. The inspector who is not feeling well should immediately go home. Note, a face mask, called a surgical mask or procedure mask or similar terms, on a sick person should not be confused with PPE, personal protection equipment for an inspector, and we'll go over some PPE stuff in the following sections. The mask, acts to contain potentially infectious respiratory secretions at the source, at the person's nose and mouth. General safety precautions. Restrict the number of people in the office of the home inspection business. It's best if possible for everyone to work at home. Stagger work schedules. Restrict the number of people at the property in the house being inspected. Ideally, home inspectors can work alone. Ask everyone to leave the house inspected. If someone feels compelled to be at the house, ask them to stay outside or in their own vehicle. Ask the homeowner, the seller, the occupant to leave the house long before you arrive to inspect the house and ask the real estate agents to not attend the inspection and just use technology to keep in contact and communication with everybody. Social distancing, keep your distance. Social distancing remains means remaining out of 
congregate settings, avoiding gathering, gatherings, and maintaining a distance of approximately six feet or two meters from others when possible. Develop, implement, communicate about workplace flexibilities and protections. This gives mm, uh, some assurance to employees. So if you're an employer, you, you owe this to the folks who work for you. Actively encourage sick inspectors and employees to stay home. Don't make them feel obligated if they feel sick. Don't make them fear that if they get sick, their job is at risk. This ain't the time for that. Informed employees and inspectors should feel safe at work. Ensure sick leave policies are flexible and consistent with public health guidance and that employees are aware of these policies. Don't let your employees guess on what to do. And then they start doing things that are not safe and get them sick. Talk with companies that provide your inspection business and contract, uh, and contract inspectors or temporary employees about the importance of sick employees staying home. Encourage them to develop non-punitive leave policies. Do not require a health provider's note for employees or inspectors who are sick with acute respiratory illness to validate their illness for you or to return to work. As healthcare provider offices and medical facilities may be extremely busy and not able to provide such documentation in a timely way for you. Maintain, as a boss, maintain flexible policies that permit employees and inspectors to stay home to care for a sick family member. Employers should be aware that more employees and inspectors may need to stay home to care for sick children or other sick family members more than usual. Recognize that employees and inspectors with ill family members may need to stay at home to care for them. Be aware of employees' concerns about pay, leave, safety, and other issues, health and other issues that may arise during an infectious disease outbreak. Provide adequate, usable, and appropriate training and education and informal material and informational material about business essential job functions and worker health and safety, including proper hygiene practices and the use of any workplace controls, PPE. And work with insurance companies and state and local health agencies to provide information to workers and customers about medical care. Let's talk about implementing workplace controls. So if you have a business office, what are you gonna do with your employees? Well, occupational safety and health professionals use a framework called hierarchy of controls to select ways of controlling workplace hazards. In other words, the best way to control a hazard is to systematically remove it from the workplace rather than relying on workers to reduce their own exposure. And here's the hierarchy of controls. The most effective way to control is at the top. And at the top is elimination, physically removing the hazard. And at the very bottom, which is the least effective, is PPE, protecting the worker with personal protective equipment. Now above PPE are things that 
employers can do, you can do for yourself if you're a, a sole proprietor, you're the only person at your inspection company, or if, if you have workers or family members who are working for you in your inspection company, administrative controls, changing the way people work so that they feel safe at their workplace. Engineering controls are a little bit uh, beyond us and substitution is um, beyond us as well as home inspectors. So the idea behind this hierarchy is that the control methods at the top of this illustration are potentially more effective and, protect, and protective than those at the bottom. During a COVID-19 outbreak, when it may not be possible to eliminate the hazard, the most effective protection measures are listed from most effective to least effective engineering controls, administrative controls, work practices, the type of administrative control and PPE. And there are advantages and disadvantages to each type of control measure when considering the ease of implementation, effectiveness and cost. In most cases, a combination of control measures may be necessary to, to protect your employees and inspectors from exposure. Real quick, engineering controls. They're not typically applicable to home inspection businesses or performing home inspections. They involve isolating employees from work-related hazards. In workplaces that are appropriate, these types of controls reduce the exposure of the hazards without, without relying on work behavior and can be the most cost-effective solution. But it's like installing high-efficiency air filters in your workplace, ventilation rates, uh, physical barriers, such as um, clear plastic sneeze guards like at my grocery store, right? Installing a drive-through window service for customer service like McDonald's or something. So, and measure, um, negative pressure control things. So that's engineering. We're not really into that. We can deal with administrative controls. They're useful, but they require the action by the home inspector and or employer. Typically administrative controls are changes in work policy and procedures to reduce or minimize the exposure to a hazard. Examples of administrative controls for SARS-CoV-2 include encouraging sick employees to stay home and sick home inspectors to stay home, minimizing contact among employees, inspectors, and clients by replacing face-to-face -face meetings and performing inspections with others in close proximity to the inspector with performing inspections in unoccupied homes, virtual communications between inspectors and clients, and implementing telework for employees of home inspection businesses, if feasible. Establishing alternative work days or extra shifts that reduce the total number of employees at a home inspection office at a given time and allowing them to maintain distance from one another while maintaining a full work week. Discontinuing non-essential travel to locations with ongoing COVID-19 outbreaks. For example, a home inspector should not be traveling to drop off a printed home inspection report. That's old school. Home inspectors should be using a report software that electronically sends to the client the inspection report by email or by a cloud-based download. Developing emergency communication plans, including a forum for answering inspectors' concerns and internet-based communications. Internet inspection community is open to everyone, home inspectors, members, non-members, real estate agents, and contractors at natchi.org forum. 
and providing employees and inspectors with up-to-date education and training on COVID-19 risk factors and protective behaviors. And InterNACHI has provided several resources that you can take advantage of. We have the COVID-19 guide for home inspectors. And you can download that or share that URL. We have a COVID-19 guide for commercial property inspectors by our sister organization, CCPIA. You can share this URL with your employees. We have a COVID-19 safety, COVID safety guidelines for home inspectors and contractors course, which you are taking right now. And we're doing a live webinar on that information. We have a COVID-19 safety guidelines logo That's on our logos page and you do a, a search and there it is there and you can download it for those who have successfully completed a course or a webinar. We have an article about how home inspectors are about to enjoy an increased demand in their services. I would read this, especially if I was an employer and it's at natchiorg slash virus nachi.org slash virus. Get ready for a pent up demand for home inspections. It's gonna be good. We have InterNACHI inspector mentors. So if you need help and assistance, um, we have peer-to-peer -peer learning experiences for both inspectors who need additional assistance and for experienced inspectors who are interested in helping newer inspectors out. We have an inspection community online forum where you can join the discussion, start your asking your own questions and getting answers from other inspectors. And there's a post by Larry about Pennsylvania home inspections and COVID-19. We have inspector PPE and inspection equipment available through Inspector Outlet, inspectoroutlet.com. That's InterNACHI's e-commerce partner. If you um, have not scheduled an inspection yet today, uh, feel free to go shopping. If you don't wanna spend a whole lot of money, that's an InterNACHI benefit. So Inspector Outlet provides InterNACHI members a special pricing or discount on products. And also I would go shopping in Inspector Outlet just for the free stuff. So if you go to inspectoroutlet.com, and go to the left and click the free button, you can just go shopping for some free stuff and it's free. Safe practices for the home inspector textbook. That's available to you online and in print. That's an accredited textbook, uh, college textbook. And we have the safe practices for home inspectors online course, free and open. Training employees and inspectors who should use protective clothing and equipment on how to put it on, how to use it and wear it, and how to take it off correctly is really important, including in the context of their current and potential duties. Training materials should be easy to understand and available in the appropriate language and literacy level for all employees and inspectors.
So those are administrative controls. How about safe work practices? Safe work practices are types of administrative controls that include procedures for safe and proper work used to reduce the duration, frequency, or intensity of exposure to a hazard. Examples of safe work practices for the SARS-CoV-2 include providing resources in a work environment that promotes personal hygiene. For example, employers should provide tissues, no-touch trash cans, that's really important, hand soap, alcohol-based hand rubs containing at least 60 to 70% uh, alcohol, disinfectants, and disposable towels for employees and inspectors to clean their work surfaces at the office, inspection vehicles, their computers and their phones, and inspection tools and equipment. Thomas confirmed that 38 degrees Celsius does equal 100.4 Fahrenheit. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Um, requiring regular hand washing or using alcohol-based hand rubs, home inspectors should always wash their hands when they are visibly soiled during inspection and after removing any PPE. Post hand washing signs in restrooms of the offices of home inspection businesses should be provided and employers should provide cloth face covers. And here's a hands washing video. I don't think there's any music. Okay, so I believe um, one of us mentioned the CDC says uh, hand sanitizer of 70%. So in that video, it said hand sanitizer 60% at least or higher. And Jose, yes, Mr. Rodriguez, 
This will be video recorded and available afterwards. Also, the online course that we're going over is uh, available to you, and that's what you have to do. You have to log into the online course in order to download the certificate of completion. So home inspectors should not be near anyone who is known to be or suspected of being infected with SARS-CoV-2. While engineering and administrative controls are considered more effective in minimizing exposure, PPE may also be needed to help reduce the risk and prevent certain exposures. While correctly using PPE can help prevent some exposures, it should not take the place of other prevention strategies. Examples of PPE, personal protective equipment, for home inspectors, they, they include gloves, goggles, face shields, face masks, respiratory uh, protection when appropriate. Personally, I've always used gloves, goggles, or my glasses with goggles over them, especially when um, at the electrical panel. I know it's not high voltage, but at a residential electrical panel, I love the goggles. Face shields, never really wore them. Face masks, I do wear them. I use the cloth face covers and respiratory protection, especially for the attic and other areas like um, a musty basement or a crawl space. And I'm always taking disposable gloves off and washing my hands and also washing my, just a moment, crawl space gloves. Just a moment, let me grab a few things that are in my tool bag. As always, I have my tool bag with me. You know, your knee pads, um, they need to be washed well. Um, these filters, if you're gonna use them in the attic or in the crawl space, they need to be replaced regularly, so watch that. Uh, crawl space gloves, you need to wash these now, right? You have to be, um, these are you know, crawl space gloves that go up to your elbow. They're kind of fun to wear and protective. Um, uh, one more thing, two more things. Your cap or hat, it's always good. It feels good to just have it on my head. Um, you can get the, the protective one with the plastic guard as well, but these need to be washed. And um, a lot of inspectors use disposable booty covers or the Internachi CPI covers. And remember, um, this is not recommended by the CDC um, as an administrative control or to protect your workers. Um, in fact, uh, I personally just don't recommend it very well. I've never felt that they were, they helped me um, protect myself from the homeowners. Um, because once you use them, right, let's say you come from a contaminated area and you put your things on, um, that contamination is still in there. And there's just no, no time for me, there's not enough time during the day to wash this in between jobs or between days um, because I would just be transmitting contaminated material inside my booty. So what I do is I wear different shoes. That's just a total removal of the, leaving the contaminated dirty shoes or boots outside and not bringing that inside. There's a total separation. This actually is, you're, you're bringing something in that has, it may be covered, but maybe it's not covered well. And maybe now you've got your hand in there and maybe now, so, you know, when you step on, well, I don't want to be gross, but when you step on spit on a sidewalk and you're inspecting 
in an area where there's spit on the sidewalk, um, just careful. Think about just taking off your shoes and putting indoor only shoes on. That's always been the recommendation for Interachi. But if you wanted a booty cover, we got those booty covers for you. I think that's what I wanted to say about those. Okay, during outbreak of an infectious disease such as COVID-19, recommendations for PPE specific to home inspections may change depending upon geographical location, updated risk assessments for workers, information on PPE effectiveness in preventing the spread of COVID-19. Employers should check resources regularly for updates about recommended PPE. All types of PPE for inspectors must be selected based upon the hazard of the inspector, properly fitted and periodically refitted as applicable, like respirators, they need to be tight, consistently and properly worn when required, regularly inspected, maintained, replaced, cleaned, disinfected as necessary, properly removed, cleaned, and stored and disposed of as applicable to avoid contamination of self, others, or the environment, another house, Many home inspectors are using disposable gloves, wearing them during the inspection and throwing them into the trash immediately after the inspection. And when you do so, you have to take off the disposable glove in a particular way um, and wash your hands immediately. Employers should provide their home inspectors with PPE needed to keep them safe while performing their jobs. And types of PPE required during a COVID-19 outbreak will be based upon the risk of being infected with SARS-CoV-2 while working and job tasks that may lead to exposure. There's an inspector there protecting themselves and maybe talking to their client or entering information on their mobile software. NIOSH approved N95 filtering face piece respirators or better may be used in the context of a comprehensive written respiratory protection program. But N95 respirators are really being reserved for the folks on the front line at this time. Home inspectors should not be working in environments that require respirators. Again, home inspectors should not be near, within six feet or two meters of, anyone who is known to be or is suspected of being infected with SARS-CoV-2. Home inspectors should not be putting themselves or others at risk. And there's some more information about respirators, if you're interested. And here's a respirator safety video. I think we'll stop when we get to the, the face mask, full face mask or half mask. must wear a respirator to protect yourself against airborne contaminants in your workplace, it is very important to follow proper procedures for putting it on and taking it off. The process of putting on and taking off your respirator is also referred to as donning and doffing. Respirator manufacturers supply instructions on how to properly don and doff, put on and take off, each respirator they produce. The manufacturer also supplies instructions on how to properly conduct a user seal check. A user seal check is a way to verify that the respirator has been properly positioned on your face to assure a proper seal. 
Sometimes workers confuse the term user seal check with the term fit test, which is different. A user seal check is not a substitute for a fit test, which is a more involved process that uses a test agent or instrument to verify the respirator's fit. A fit test must be performed before you wear a respirator for the first time and at least annually thereafter. A user seal check must be performed each time you put on a respirator to check that it has been donned correctly. Remember, always follow the respirator manufacturer's instructions for the specific respirator model that you are using. Here are some general instructions for properly donning and doffing and properly conducting a user seal check for the two most common types of respirators. Let's begin with general instructions for a disposable filtering face piece respirator, which is often referred to as an N95 or a dust mask. Inspect the respirator, including the straps, for tears or damage. If you find any damage to the respirator, replace it. If your respirator comes out of its original container folded flat, open the folds fully following the manufacturer's instructions. Using one hand, place the respirator on your face with the nose piece at your fingertips, allowing the headbands to hang freely. The nose piece should span and cover the bridge of your nose and the respirator should cup your chin. Pull the top strap over your head, resting it high at the back of your head. Pull the bottom strap over your head and position it around your neck and below your ears. Be sure not to crisscross the straps. Make sure that your mouth and nose are covered by the respirator. If the nose piece has a metal nose piece or strip, Use both hands to mold the nose strip to conform to the shape of your nose by pushing inward while moving your fingertips down along both sides of the nose piece. Next, conduct a user seal check. It's essential to follow the manufacturer's user seal check instructions because the manufacturer knows the best method for checking their respirator. Generally speaking, the manufacturer's instructions are based on covering the surface of the respirator, usually with your hands, so that air is prevented from passing through the filtering face piece. A positive pressure seal check is performed by gently exhaling to see if the face piece bulges slightly. For a negative pressure seal check, take a quick deep breath to see if the face piece collapses slightly. During either test, if air leaks out between your face and the respirator's face seal, the respirator may not fit your face properly. One way that you can identify leakage is if you feel air blowing through the seal onto your face or eyes. If you feel leakage, readjust the fit of your respirator and check the seal again. If you cannot achieve a proper seal, you are not protected and should not enter a hazardous area. See your supervisor to determine what the problem may be. When you're finished wearing the respirator, carefully remove it without touching the exterior because the exterior may be contaminated. Discard your respirator according to your company's procedures. Now let's explore the general instructions for properly donning and doffing and properly conducting a user seal check for a half face piece elastomeric respirator. And we use those a lot in our company, the half piece 
respirator um, frequently, uh, every time you go into an attic or a crawl space or a space that you just didn't feel uh, was very clean and the indoor air quality um, had issues. So I thought that was uh, valuable information. Um, we don't wear respirators like N95s, but it's good to understand um, how to don and doff uh, a respirator, uh, even if you're just thinking about your own cloth face covering, which again is really for um, the person who is um, sick, has coronavirus from um, protecting someone else who isn't. Um, four classifications of workers. Worker risk occupational exposure to SARS-CoV-2, the virus that causes COVID-19, during an outbreak may vary from very high to high, medium, or lower caution risk. The level of risk depends in part on the industry type, need for contact with other people within six feet or two meters, or suspect of, of, of people known to be or suspected of being infected with SARS-CoV-2, or the requirement for repeated or extended contact with persons known to be or suspected of being infected with SARS-CoV-2. So to help employers determine appropriate precautions, the US Occupational Safety Health Administration, OSHA, has divided job tasks into four risk exposure levels, very high, high, medium, and lower risk caution. And there's a pyramid risk illustration for COVID-19, very high, high, medium, and lower or cautionary. Their occupational risk pyramid shows the four exposure risk levels in the shape of a pyramid to represent the probable distribution of risk. Most home inspectors will likely fall in the lower exposure risk caution levels. Quickly, very high exposure risk. Very high exposure risk, risk jobs are those with high potential for exposure to known or suspected sources of COVID-19 during specific medical post-mortem or laboratory procedures. Workers in this category include healthcare workers, our doctors, our nurses, dentists, paramedics, emergency technicians, first responders, performing aerosol generating procedures, um, healthcare or laboratory personnel, collecting or handling specimens from known or suspected patients. Uh, those folks on the front lines taking um, mobile samples from people's noses morgue workers performing autopsies, which generally involved aerosol generating procedures on the bodies. That's very high exposure. High exposure risk jobs are those with high potential for exposure to known or suspected sources of COVID-19. Workers in this category include our healthcare delivery and support staff, doctors, nurses, and other hospital staff who must enter patients' rooms exposed to known or suspected COVID patients. When such workers perform aerosol generating procedures, their exposure risk level becomes very high then. Medical transport workers are first responders, ambulance, vehicle operators, moving known or suspected COVID-19 patients in enclosed vehicles, and mortuary workers involved in preparing the bodies of people to known 
of, of people who are known to have or suspected of having COVID at the time of their death. Medium exposure risk. Medium exposure risk jobs includes those that require frequent and or close contact, that require frequent and or close contact with people who may be infected with SARS-CoV-2 but are not known or suspected um, COVID-19 patients. And areas with, without ongoing community transmission, workers in this group, risk group may have frequent contact with travelers who may return from international locations with widespread COVID-19 transmission. In areas where there is ongoing community transmission, workers in this category may have contact with the general public, like in schools, high population density, work environments, and some high volume retail settings. Lower exposure risk or cautionary risk are those jobs that do not require contact with people known to be or suspected of being infected with SARS-CoV-2, nor frequent close contact with, i.e. six feet, two meters of the general public. Home inspectors in this category may have minimal occupational contact with the general public and other coworkers. Home inspectors can perform their work alone without requiring any contact with other people. Let's talk about some positive things. <laughs> Four things home inspectors can do. Cozy Coats for Kids authored an article, Four Ways Home Inspectors Can Have a Positive Impact on Their Community During the COVID-19 Pandemic. And the four ways include keeping your clients in mind, keeping real estate agents in mind, improve yourself and your business, check in with your fellow home inspectors. This article makes recommendations on what inspectors can do after the COVID-19 pandemic is over. Let's take a look at that article. It's got some very good information on it. As the coronavirus continues to spread across the country and changes the pace of communities, home inspectors should use this time to go the extra mile to help their community of clients and fellow inspectors to stay upbeat. Here are some helpful tips to consider whether your business has slowed down and you want to um, help people get through the quarantine or it's business as usual and you may, may wanna make sure that your community knows that you're thinking about them during this difficult time. You may, choo you may choose to incorporate some of these tips while you're on the job or uh, via your mailing list, email or snail mail. Number one, keep your clients in mind. In addition to strive, striving to leave customers satisfied and even impressed with their services and quality of work you provide, home inspectors may also choose to give their clients gifts from your inspector cards, which are gift cards for deals and discounts for useful everyday purchases, plus discounts for admission to family-friendly attractions. And if you click the link, you can get to those cards. And you can go to Inspector Outlet, our friendly e-commerce partner, and download these cards. It says, thank you for hiring me. Here's a gift to show my appreciation. And it's a gift card. And it's already loaded up with gifts of deals and discounts. Uh, a free copy of Now That You've Had a Home Inspection, 
So you can give a free copy of InterNACHI's home maintenance book. Now that you've had a home inspection, this book describes how, to, how a home works, how to maintain it, and how to save energy. Coloring sheets, sheets to keep your client's children busy while schools are closed. You can download free coloring sheets, like this one, or order the kids' fire safety coloring book, like this one, in a bundle. Add a little charm to your inspection with these free downloadable monster-free certificates so you can um, inspect a bedroom and certify that there are no monsters in the bedroom. And it's been inspected by a certified professional inspector and is guaranteed to be monster free. So you can get a good night's sleep because there are no monsters in your bedroom. That's cute. And monster free door hangers. And you can hang it on a door and it says that this room has been inspected and it's monster free and that the inspector checked under the bed, in the closet, behind the curtains, under the rug, behind the dresser, and behind the pictures. Tip number two, keep real estate agents in mind. In addition to the tips and resources listed above, home inspectors may also choose to inform their real estate agents of the free online continuing education courses that are available through InterNACHI. So you go to our real estate um, course page and you drop down and uh, select um, your state and you hit go. And this is the page where you want to direct real estate agents. Um, and there are basically two steps. The agent creates a free online account and then the agent logs into the course and they get free online state approved CE to help real estate agents renew their home inspector license, uh, renew their real estate license. Enroll in InterNACHI's will buy your home back guarantee to give your clients and their agents a peace of mind. Step three is what I like, improve yourself and your business. In this difficult time, it's important for home inspectors to take care of themselves as well. Adopt a mind over matter approach and use your free time to better yourself and your business to come out of this pandemic a bit stronger. So consider working on continuing education or adding a new ancillary service to your inspection business with InterNACHI's free online home inspection business, uh, home inspector courses. And they're free and online to InterNACHI members. And if you have a guest account, they're free and online as well to guests. Try out BizVelop, which is a free business development tool for home inspectors that helps companies grow and become more profitable by assessing their current uh, situation in their business. And we go through a series of questions asking you, are you certified? If you are, then we move on to, um, have you taken additionary training and certifications to add ancillary inspections so that you can be more profitable and diversify your services, which is a, uh, a key to business success. Diversifying your services makes your business more stable in an unstable economy. Going through the inspection defect flashcards so that you can um, 
hone your skills. So if I click, let's say the HVAC flashcards. So here's a, a picture and you have to figure out what's your call. Is it a defect? Well, what's the defect of the image of the B vent pipe of the gas fired furnace? You have to think, what is that defect? And then you show what the defect is. And then the answer is the storm collar at the B vent of the gas fired furnace is it's upside down. So the storm collar is actually upside down and this is a, an inspection defect. And this is actually an inspection picture taken at the Internet House of Horrors. Fourth one, check in with your fellow home inspectors. So join in the conversation on InterNACHI's online inspection community forum. Become a mentor, we mentioned this before, through InterNACHI's mentoring program. Join a local InterNACHI member chapter, and we have many chapters throughout the world and there's all of our chapters there. And keep your mood light with inspection riddles. I was going over a couple today. Uh, let's see. How about this riddle? Here's a riddle for you. I look for leaks, but I'm not a home inspector. I love balance, but I'm not an art collector. Sometimes I'm frustrating to find, and sometimes I'll save your behind. What am I? And you click the link, and the answer is, it's a GFCI. So remember I checked balance, I'm hard to find. I checked for leaks, voltage leaks. Um, here's another one. I have a first name for a last name, and not much can stop me. And unlike a level, you're welcome to drop me. What am I? A plumb bob. So those are interesting to keep things light in this or inspector cartoons. So we have inspector cartoons as well to um, go through if you like those. Above all, if you're still performing home inspections, make sure you're implementing safety precautions as advised by InterNACHI's COVID-19 safety guidelines. So thanks Cozy Coats for Kids. For that article. Um, federal, state, and local government agencies are the best resource for information in the event of an infectious disease outbreak such as COVID-19. Staying informed about the latest developments and recommendations is critical since specific guidelines may change based upon evolving outbreak situations. And below are several recommendations uh, for resources, OSHA, CDC, and NIOSH. OSHA's on-site consultation program offers no-cost and confidential advice to small and medium-sized businesses in all states, with priority given to high-hazard work sites. On-site consultation services are separate from enforcement and do not result in penalties or citations. So you can contact your local on-site consultation office in your state uh, at that area. OSHA partners with 26 OSHA Training Institute Education Centers at 37 locations throughout the United States to deliver courses on OSHA standards and occupational safety and health topics to thousands of students a year. And for more information, you click that link 
to go to OSHA's site. And they look like they're down. Hmm. Maybe refresh the screen, they'll get back online. Uh, OSHA has many types of educational materials to assist employers and workers in finding and preventing work hazards. And so OSHA has uh, a link to their publications and their eBooks. You can also call to order publications as well. Employers and safety and health professionals can sign up for Quick Takes, OSHA's free twice monthly online newsletter about the latest news from OSHA. And here's how to contact OSHA for employers who are responsible for providing um, safe and healthy workplace environments for their employees. We ask you to do two homework assignments and uh, the amount of time it takes to do each assignment varies with experience because it's basically the first one is about performing an inspection. Like I mentioned earlier in the live webinar, um, we're going to ask you to do an inspection on something in your home, wherever you live, uh, your house, your apartment. Um, and you can even do it on the outside of a house. Um, take a picture of a sidewalk, uh, take a picture of a driveway, someone else's driveway, someone else's roof, if you don't have uh, something of your own to inspect. Um, take a picture and upload it into your essay and um, write 40 words. And that's what you're basically going to do, keeping in mind all the information about how to stay safe and healthy uh, performing an inspection alone. So perform an inspection on a system or component in your own home, house, townhouse, apartment, and condo. The system or component must be listed within the home inspection standards of practice. For example, you may inspect the thermostat and describe its location. And then that is a high touch surface, right? That needs to be cleaned frequently and wash your hands after touching it. Um, take an image of that system or component. It can either be a um, uh, something that's uh, in good condition or it can have a defect. Make observations, take notes, write and submit a short essay describing your inspection image and load it, upload it to the inspection um, essay assignment block and we'll review it. And um, for example, again, you may inspect the main water supply shutoff valve. Take a picture of the valve, describe its location as required by the home inspection standards of practice, take inspection images while performing the inspection, make observations, take notes, and then prepare to communicate your observations in written form. And this will be your writing essay. And this is very similar to what a home inspector does during a home inspection. We perform an inspection, we take images, we make observations, we evaluate, we write notes, we formulate opinions, and then we communicate those observations in written form. And it must be 40 words minimum. So use that button right there to choose your image, write your essay there and click submit essay and we'll review it, staff will review it and um, continue with the course assignment. Another one is to read something published by the CDC. And we have an article that you could read, take uh, a section of the article about how to operate sick employees. Remember, for example, if you are working with an inspector and that inspector, your coworker, feels sick at the inspection, what do you do? Well, as an employer, you should have a plan in place for that situation. Basically, you grab everything and that inspector leaves immediately. Um, 
no apologies, no excuses, you just go. Now, you write about that essay that you just read and learned from, and you submit it into the writing assignment, and it will be marked completion. Let's take a quiz together, if you're all available. Here's the first quiz question, true or false? Examples of PPE for home inspectors include gloves, goggles, face shields, face masks, and respiratory protection where appropriate. Is that true or false? Well, I'm just gonna mark true. You guys can help me along. According to the CDC, symptoms of COVID-19 may appear in as few as blank days or as long as blank days after exposure. And the, and the potential answers are four and 25 days, mm, two and 14 days, one and three days, 14 and two days. And the answer, I'm gonna try to, I'm guessing two to 14. True and false, our recommendation is to avoid touching your eyes, nose and mouth with unwashed hands. Well, yeah, that's pretty obvious. So I'm gonna click true for that one. True and false, CDC gov recommends wearing cloth face coverings in public settings where other social distancing measures are difficult to maintain. Is that true or false? That's true, no. So I'm gonna click true. It's recommended to wash your hands frequently using soap and water for at least, uh, is that 20 seconds, 30 seconds? Let's go for a minute. You think that's true, a minute? Coronavirus disease 2019 is a blank disease caused by the SARS-CoV-2 virus. What kind of disease? It has skin disease, respiratory disease, muscular, or photosynthesis. Hmm. I think it's respiratory. Stay in your car if you are sick. Is that right? Outside, at home, stay at work when you're sick. No, it's, it's, I think it's stay home. The virus is thought to spread mainly from person to person, including between people who are in close contact with one, other, one another within about, is it six feet or 12 feet, a meter, an inch? That's pretty close, an inch. Let's go with six feet. Home inspectors should not be near blank anyone who is known to be suspected of being infected with SARS-CoV-2. Is that within six inches of, within two feet of, or within six feet of? Come on, fellas, you gotta get this right. Some people referred to as blank cases have experienced no symptoms at all. Asynchronic, asymptomatic, or sympathetic? Hmm, let's go with asymptomatic. Home inspection business owners should inform and encourage employees and inspectors to blank signs and symptoms of COVID-19 if they suspect possible exposure. Let's say, let's just disregard everything. What do you think? Best way to prevent illness is to avoid being exposed to this virus. That's, that sounds about right. According to the InterNACHI Code of Ethics, the InterNACHI member blank all government rules and requirements of the jurisdiction where he or she conducts business. Shall disobey, need to comply with, may ignore, shall comply with, let's go with just total disobey. Does that sound right? I don't think so. Virus is thought to spread mainly from person to person. It's shall, compl it's shall comply with. 
Uh, the virus is thought to spread mainly from person to person, including through blank, produced when an infected person coughs or sneezes. Uh, spit, odors, respiratory droplets, a strong breath exhales. Hmm. Let's go with odors. Uh, <laughs> true or false, worker risk of occupational exposures to SARS-CoV-2, the virus that causes COVID-19 during an outbreak may vary from very high to high, medium or lower caution risk. And home inspectors are caution lower risk. And you can click grade the quiz. I don't think I did very well. I think there's a, a few that, I, oh, I've answered 80% correctly. That is the minimum. So uh, the questions that I answered incorrectly are here and the questions I answered correctly are there. So you can take a look at that. And then the next step is taking the final examination. And um, to continue with that, you have to attest that you are who you are and a couple other features of identifying uh, yourself for our system. And then you take the final exam. I believe it's 20 questions. Um, and then you can download the certificate of completion in order to get your CEs. If you're taking it through InterNACHI and you are a member, this course will automatically upload into your CE records and your transcript uh, to get CE um, in states where you need to send them evidence. Uh, you can download the certificate. It'll have your name on it and then you send that electronically or by snail mail. And that is our free online live webinar training. Thank you very much. I'm Ben Gramico from InterNACHI, and we just took the COVID-19 safety guidelines for home inspectors and contractors course. This is a free online course open to everyone, members and non-members alike. Thank you so much for joining this webinar and for being a great student and uh, watching the video and doing your assignments and quizzes and final exam. And if there's anything you need from us, feel free to contact anybody on staff and stay safe and healthy out there. Bye.